If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2? Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 10. Uh, verses are going to be up on the screen. We do have Bibles free of charge at the Welcome Center. Uh, if you're here this morning and would like one, we would love to bless you with one. I'm going to ask you one more time if you would uh, stand in honor to the Holy Word of God, uh, that as we read, uh, we are recognizing that God is the author and that as God has written His Word, He is speaking to us today in 2023. Again, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I read it from the New Living Translation this morning, but whatever translation you have is just fine. Follow along. Uh, the Word of God declares, beginning at verse 4, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Somebody say amen. amen. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us and shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, and so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Let's pray. Father God, uh, in the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God, uh, for how you have moved in our time of worship. Uh, we thank you, God, for preparing our hearts to receive from you. Uh, we also thank you, Lord, for the uh, uh, time that we have had to been able to uh, lift up praise to you in thanksgiving and thanksgiving and to be able to honor you. But, Lord, during this time, as we get into your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us. I pray that that even in the simplicity of the gospel, that if there are things we have heard before that we would not reject or that we would not scoff or push them off, that, but that, Lord, we would readily receive the word of God, that we would chew on it, that we would dwell on it, that we would meditate on your word, and, and that that word of God would change us forever and ever and ever. Lord, I believe, like I've been saying, that you are here this morning. Lord, I believe that you are talking to your people. I believe that there is at least a nugget of something that you have for each person this morning, and I pray that we would not leave without it. Lord, touch every life. Encourage us. Have your way. Challenge us. Touch your people this morning. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So last week we started a new series called Bible or Not. We stated that the goal of this uh, a new series was to look at certain common phrases that sound biblical. So they're phrases that sound biblical and maybe hold some truth about faith. And yet if you isolate that phrase, if you isolate it on its own, that phrase does not tell the whole story. 
right? And so last week we looked at the phrase, everything happens for a We said that the problem with that phrase is what's implied really more than what is being said. In other words, the implication when someone sometimes says this is that whatever is happening right now in your situation or in your, or in your life uh, must be somehow the will of God or that it's a part of God's plan. Now listen, the phrase everything happens for a reason has some truth to it. Say some. It has some truth to it. But it's not found in the Bible. How many of you know that? It's not found in the Bible. And, and, and by itself, it can actually create problems. Anytime you isolate someone, you don't, something, and you don't give it context, you can get yourself into trouble. Even the Word of God, did you know that? That if you take one verse of Scripture, you could end up in a whole mess. Amen? So it's important to, to take in the whole counsel of God's word. And so it's important to, to read from Genesis to Revelation and take in all that God is saying to make sure that we are balanced in life and that we are not getting ourselves in trouble. But, uh, you know, if you take it literally, that, that phrase has some truth to it. But you, are, you, you might be in that sense also blaming God or giving God credit for everything. Say everything. What do I mean by that? giving God credit for both good and evil. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes uh, it's, not a, it's not a good place to say that. Sometimes, uh, there's, you, I said it last week, sometimes we would be better off being a little more quiet and listening a little more often. When someone comes and, and they are sharing their life and they are sharing your brokenness, their brokenness, it may not be the time for you to say to them, everything happens for a reason. See, my Bible says that God is good. How many of you know that he's good? My Bible says that God is good and that his love endures forever. And so uh, I know for a fact that brokenness and cancer and, and uh, addiction and a long list of other messed up things do not come from God. Uh, anybody know that this morning? Those things do not come from God. He is not the source of evil or anything close to it. I don't believe that God gives us things to learn lessons or to punish us in some way. I need to say that again because I've heard heard that you know I, I got that cancer so that or uh, my family was broken up so that listen I know that God works all things together for good but that God does not give you evil to teach you good you need you need to hear that you need to take that this morning to, to imply that or anything in that nature, really, other than the fact that God will restore us and, and rescue us from those things is very much false. Again, the phrase, everything happens for a reason, completely removes our personal responsibility and the choices that you and I make daily. How many of you know that every time you make a choice, you can make it for good or you can make it for evil? And, and sometimes by our choices, we make life good. And sometimes by our choices, we head down some very dark paths that's that's life that's what we do and so it also places all of the blame of God using that phrase everything happens for a reason for seemingly everything which is really not fair again you and I have free will and and the choices that will affect our lives and so we have to take that into account 
On top of that, you need to consider the reality of life. Listen, if you don't know by now, we live in a messed up, a sinful and even dark world. The Bible says that it rains on the just or on the righteous and that it also rains on the wicked. You know, when you have a bad day on a Monday, your neighbor who may not know Christ may also be having a bad day. It rains on the just and the unjust. That is the nature of our world ever since sin was introduced to it. And it's one thing to be able to, to maneuver through that. But I'm so glad this morning that we can maneuver through it with Jesus on our side. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, because of sin and Satan and free will, life happens. Therefore, the real truth is that, yes, everything happens for a reason, but some of that reason definitely involves choice and personal responsibility. And then, of course, some things happen as a part of God's plan or God's will, but not everything. So be care careful. Not to blame God with everything happens for a reason. That was your recap for last week. If you missed it, there you have it. This week, I want to focus on another phrase. It's one that you also may be familiar with. Uh, and In fact, I'll let you finish it. God helps those who... How many of you have heard that? Some of you have because you've been able to, to finish that. Listen, did you know it's not in the Bible? It's amazing how many people think that it is. For example, in a, a study by the Barna Group, uh, more than 80% of respondents believe that this statement is in the Bible, and 53% said that it's an important idea actually conveyed in Scripture. And, and listen, it's not in the Bible at all, and so where does it come from? We know that God, God helps those who help themselves is a popular motto that emphasizes the value of self-initiative. And, and like as, as a human being, we have knowledge and ability to do stuff, and, and we do, but it actually originated uh, in, in Greece. And it may have a, a, a been a common man's proverb or a saying at that time. It was actually uh, illustrated by two of Aesop's fables and is commonly attributed to one of our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. God helps those who help themselves. And so, listen, it's believed that good old uh, Ben picked it up uh, reading classical literature and that he may have used the phrase very often throughout his life. And in fact, it really does fit the, the storyline that, that uh, may exist along with uh, our early founding fathers being deists, right? We talked a little bit about that last week. We have to remember that deists believed that God created us and basically went away on vacation. Uh, not just like that, but just he stepped away from his creation, never getting involved in our ordinary everyday lives. How many of you are glad that God doesn't step away? That God wants to be involved, that God loves us so much, that he wants intimate relationship. And so a deist would definitely believe that God helps those who help themselves. Listen, it's bad enough that people think it's in the Bible, but it gets worse. Many years ago on the, on the late show with Jay Leno, when he used to do it, he asked many people, what are the Ten Commandments? And it turns out that a lot of people actually think that God helps those who help themselves is one of the Ten Commandments. Why do so many of us or so many people believe that that phrase is biblical when it's not? 
It might be because there is some truth to it, a grain of truth, right? And this morning, we're going to talk about one way that this statement might be true, but we're also going to talk about two key ways that the phrase is false. And uh, listen, to get an idea of the truth in today's statement, I want you to think for a moment this morning with me, what happens to you in your life? And so let's make pretend it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one of the days of the week, and you are getting home from work. You sit down at the dinner table. Already some of you are lost because in our culture today, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes we sit in front of the TV. Sometimes we fill in the blank or whatever. But play along this morning. You got home from work. You're sitting down for dinner at the dinner table. I'm guessing that what doesn't happen is that you come into your house after a very long day at work and, and you grab an empty plate and you set it on the table and, and over that empty plate, you give thanks, you pray, and then poof, magic. You open your eyes and there's a plate full of delicious meat and vegetables perfectly cooked and, and seasoned just magically sitting before you. In other words, nobody shopped, nobody cooked. You just sat down at the dinner table and a family meal just magically appeared before you. Some of you would say, Pastor Freddie, that would be amazing. That would be wonderful if it just worked that way. But unfortunately, it doesn't. If you want, say if. If you want a plate full of, of wonderful, succulent meat and vegetables, perfectly cooked and seasoned, then we either have to go out to a restaurant and pay someone else to make it for us, or when you get home from work, you have to bust out the pots and the pans, and you have to start cooking. And then maybe 30 or 45 minutes later, you might have that delicious meal. In the same way, you wouldn't expect to get an amazing, great, dream job if you weren't actually actively looking or interviewing for a position. Listen, I know that there are some times when, when uh, something comes your way and you weren't expecting it. I get it, but get that. But in general, if you are not expecting, if you don't have a resume going, if you are not actively searching, you're not going to get that great job usually. Uh, there are some things that, that we have to take responsibility for if, say if, if we expect them to happen, like that delicious meal, it's not just going to magically happen. You've got to work. You've got to do something uh, for yourself. And so God makes it possible for us to have an earth with some, some soil and some rain and, some, and the sun so that vegetables will be able to grow. But we have to harvest it and we have to prepare it and, and we at least have to buy those vegetables and that expensive meat and, and so that that can be cooked and, and it can be eaten. We like the eaten part. I guess in that sense, it's true um, that God helps those who help themselves, you know, in a grain, in a sense. And so we work and we cook and we eat or we set up a resume and we interview and we call and, and we hit the pavement and we're going and we're going. I, I, I love history. Anybody love history? A couple of you. All right. Some people are like, no, thank you. Uh, reading about a bunch of dead people. No, thanks. Did you know that the civil rights movement actually grew out of the church? 
Listen, uh, of course, whenever I think of the civil rights movement, the first name that comes to my mind is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, but the civil rights movement, movement wasn't just people sitting around in churches praying and hoping that things were going to get better. And certainly I'm not saying anything about prayer. Prayer is very important uh, as we seek justice in the midst of injustices in our world. But did you know that it took more than hoping and praying? Many of the same people who were part of that civil rights movement, they were in churches on a Sunday praying, but when they weren't in church, guess what they were doing? They were outside of the four walls and, and they were marching and they, they, were, they were testifying and they were telling of their story, marching for the right to vote, doing sit-ins uh, for the right to share a lunch counter or whatever. In cases like these, it's true to say God helps those who help themselves because I don't believe we would be where we are today without the action of righteous men and women who acted, who did something. Sometimes people, uh, you know, uh, when they're faced with situations, they can do something and sometimes people can't. And so sometimes it's true to say that God helps those who help themselves when they turn to me. See, sometimes people get into such a deep hole that they can't figure out for themselves the way out. Anybody ever been there in a situation you just couldn't figure it out? Like I think we can see this with addiction, maybe even with mental illness and, and sometimes with the cycle of poverty. If you've ever been there or you know someone who was helping themselves is not working and everyone knows it in that sense. God helps those who help themselves. Somebody in that situation might say, I've been trying and I've been doing and I've been working and I'm still in the same place. And some of them would even say, I think I need help. In special circumstances like these, some of us have seen how difficult it can be for a person on their own to climb out of the hole that they're in and they truly can't help themselves. Even when a, a person is trying to live or act independently, it often takes intervention and, and kindness of the kindness of another person to throw a lifeline in or to be a lifesaver. Like the, the young mother uh, with three children who was being abused by her husband for years and, and one day after suffering another beating, she called the police and she reached out to a, a domestic abuse agency that helped her to escape her torment. And, and then as a single mom with limited income and, and a few few friends that she could trust. She found a local church where, where people adopted her little family. They offered her safety and friendship and blessings to help restore and strengthen what God wanted to do in her life. Or the, the elderly man sitting in the nursing home feeling all alone, but every week there's a, a young family that stops by to visit all of the residents and, and the children in that family. They, they bring him some pictures and, and some Crayola, this and that, and things to hang on his door and, and on his windows, and they tell him funny stories, and, and they take time to have lunch with him just to make him feel loved. 
Or how about the new family that moved next door? They speak very little English and you can tell that they're struggling to fit in. And, and so you invite them over for a cookout. And, and in that moment, you get to share your Jesus story. And over time, a, a true friendship develops. And that friendship eventually becomes an invitation to church where the family is welcomed into this new community. And, and one day they respond to the message of the gospel and a spiritual transformation begins all because others helped. Say others. See, I can't help but to think that God actually put those people there for that very purpose, to, to throw in a lifeline to people who were needing help and couldn't make it out of their rut on their own. But I think that's just the way God works sometimes, isn't it? We, we like to say at Crosspoint that together we're better. We also like to say that we're blessed to be a blessing. But uh, can I remind you this morning that those are just words until you realize that God has called you to offer the lifeline. God has called you to be the difference maker. In fact, many of us are here in church and walking with Jesus today because someone else helped. Maybe like me, you knew about God and you knew about church and, and you knew about religion, but in that moment you were lost because you didn't know Jesus intimately. And so it took the courage of someone to tell you the gospel in order to help you to make a personal decision for Jesus. But they helped you when you couldn't help yourself. I didn't even know I needed help. Anybody ever been there? I didn't even know. See, in the Old Testament, God commanded the Israelites over and over to take care of the poor and the widows and the orphan in order to demonstrate the goodness of God. And I believe that Jesus wants you and I to do the same thing. In fact, by helping someone else, you are an answer to somebody else's prayer. Did you know that? That somebody right now in this world, in your community, in your sphere of influence, they have been praying for a miracle. They have been praying for a breakthrough. They have been praying for a personal word from God and, and some of us we sit back and we're waiting for this supernatural thing to happen and God is saying you are the supernatural thing you are the supernatural one that I have called you have a message give them the message you're an answer to somebody's prayer Listen, this is a huge piece of, a, of our call as disciples of Christ to be salt and light, to be people who God can use in that very moment, uh, people who can't easily help themselves, that you are the reason that someone makes it another day, that you are the reason that somebody gives church another chance, that you are the reason that somebody doesn't give up on life because God has brought hope into your life and, and God has turned your situation around and today you are living, you are walking, you are breathing because God has a call on your life and he wants to use you to touch a life for him. People who can't help themselves, they need you. They need you. Many times the way God meets people's needs is through other people. 
we need to make ourselves available to help others in their time of need. Now listen, up to this point, we, we know that there's a grain of truth in, in the phrase that God helps those who help themselves. And so there, there are obviously some basic things that are practical and that we can do to help ourselves. My, my wife is away on a sister weekend. Uh, and so this morning in my usual running late, I had to, I had to iron my own shirt. And, and this, week, I, this weekend, I had to cook a couple of meals. How many of you know? I know that if I hadn't done it, it probably wouldn't have gotten done. My wife wasn't there, and, and she's usually the rescuer, the cooker, the, the do-all things. And I'm so glad that, that God uses us to meet those needs. God uses us personally. God helps those who help themselves. And so tomorrow morning, uh, you ought to be glad I'm not up here with a wrinkled shirt or, or with a t-shirt. I know people don't attend church because the pastor don't wear a suit. I don't wear a suit this morning, but my shirt's not wrinkled. <laughs> there are some basic practical things that we can do, or God forbid, a, a shirtless uh, trying to preach. I think you'd be a little distracted this morning by the rolls. Oh, I just gave you a visual, a mental visual. That, <laughs> close your eyes. <clears throat> God gave us a mind. God gave us hands. God gave us feet, a whole body to use that is a, a part of living life as a human being. And yet we haven't been placed here on planet Earth to do life alone. We coexist with, the peop with people all of the time who are different than we are, thank God, with talents and abilities that, uh, to be used in this life and in kindness. We, you and I, can help people when they can't help themselves. But the best offering of a life to help others is when we recognize that God gives us all life. Amen? He gives us all life. He gives us the talents we have. He gives us uh, the abilities that we have to be able to serve and to help others. It all begins, we know that it begins with salvation, that salvation that God offered us through Jesus Christ. And, and see, whether we realize it or not, God is the one who can save us and is able to deliver those who've made a mess of their lives. I mean, this is exactly why Christ went to the cross, right? to wash our sins away, to set us on a path, uh, on the right path, the path to abundant life. And here's the thing, that's all God. That's God helping us, period. Not when we help ourselves, not when we are deserving or feel like we're worthy. It's just God helping us and thank God that he does because when God helps us, we are able to better help others. How many of you know that? When God helps us, we are better able to help others. Thank God that he helps us. Remember in verse 4 of our text, God is rich in his mercy. Say mercy this morning. And so because he's rich in his mercy, he brought us to life even when we were dead. And, and God did this because of his grace. You are saved by grace through your, because of your faith in this salvation. We know that it's a gift from God. It's not something that you and I did so that we can be proud of ourselves. Instead, we are God's accomplishment. You this morning are his masterpiece. One theologian put it this way. This is the sheer, unbelievable, magnificent, kindness and goodness of God. How many of you know God to be good this morning? See, God in his infinite grace, he helps us. 
And there is nothing we can do to earn or to deserve that help, that salvation. We know that it's simply a gift from God. And, and so when you are and I are at our lowest and when there is nothing that we can do to help ourselves, God still helps us. To me, that's the good news. Amen? And this is why the story of the Christian faith is so awesome. Uh, worship team, come. Listen, this is our hope. When we're hopeless, our joy in the midst of sorrow, our healing in the midst of illness, our forgiveness in the midst of sin and brokenness, it is our help when we are helpless. And it's all because of God's grace, grace which goes before us, grace that undergirds us, grace that transforms us from brokenness to wholeness, from death to new life, we are a part of God's good and wonderful creation. This morning, you are blessed because of God. You are breathing because of God. You have opportunity to serve because of God. God is good. God is good. God is good all the time. Listen, there are times when we have a, 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 the God-given ability to help ourselves, and that's wonderful. We should when we can. In those moments, we help ourselves. I say because of God, right? We, we should pray and we should work and, and just as much as we, would, we do what we, we can for ourselves, we should also make ourselves available to help others who are in need. In fact, God calls us to do this. We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And can I remind us this morning, we love ourselves a lot. So let's love on somebody else in Jesus' name. The simple truth of the matter is that there are times when we cannot help, save, or fix ourselves, much less anyone else. And yet despite of the messes that you and I sometimes make of our lives, God is always there. God sends the right people to us at the right time, the time of our need to provide for our general well-being. But at the same time, we know that God is present with us. And, and by His Holy Spirit, God our Father, He picks us up. He holds our hand. He, he walks through life with us. We are never alone. God in His infinite grace he washes us clean and says to us all, I love you. I will not abandon you. I will help you. I will save you. And so in part, yes, God helps those who help themselves. But thankfully, God also helps those who can't help themselves. For we are God's masterpiece. Stand to your feet. For we are God's masterpiece, and He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful this morning for the presence of Your Holy Spirit. We're thankful that the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and then this morning, for some, You are doing a review, a life review, 
you are reminding us of all that you've done and of all the blessings that you've sent our way, of how many times you rescued us, uh, of times when uh, we dug ourselves deep into a ditch and we could not find our way out and, and yet you either sent someone our way or, or you showed up on the scene yourself. You are willing and able to rescue us and, and you have so many times whether we care to admit it or not but Lord today this morning we are thankful that God we are here that no matter what we're going through we can call on the name of Jesus and that when God we feel like we can't help ourselves you are here to the rescue you're our hero you're our deliverer you're our God you're our Savior. You saved us. You're saving us. You're moving in our lives. Thank you, God, for all that you've done and for everything you are yet to do. You are not finished yet. You are not finished yet. Keep working. Keep moving. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Let's close with a little bit of worship this morning.